Hello and welcome to the Bite-Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Troy Santlin and John Christian. Hey, hello, hello. It is a guy's night out. How you doing? Um, and we have the probably the most nerdy episode to date, and we do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know what? I'm so excited about this episode. I'm just like, I'm on the edge of my seat. If I yeah. paid for the whole thing, I'd be mad because I only needed the edge. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Um, Are you going to a truck rally or what? That's right. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We're going to uh, present to you Rhyme of the Frost Maiden three ways. Um, and going to maybe just. Not everybody wants to run in the Forgotten Realms. So we're going to figure out give you some ways of doing it outside of that. Troy's holding up a fourth finger, so evidently we're we're going to do it four ways. So that's fine with me. Um, before that, though, there are so many projects, so many projects on Kickstarter and all over the place that have been announced, that have started. Um, by the time this recording hits, there's going to be even more, which um, we, we know about. Um, Gooey Cube has one coming that's probably going to drop before this episode airs, so you guys should be looking for that on Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, there's just so much stuff going on right now, and we're going to limit ourselves because I think this episode could go long just by its very nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, we've been told that people are threatening to skip this first 10 minutes. Uh, because, <laughs> Looking at you, Georges. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, it costs people money, um, which I'm not afraid of that, but uh, but for this episode, we'll keep it short and simple. Um, so we've each got one. I'll start because mine is going to cost you the least amount of money in the long run. Um, there's a Kickstarter live right now called Maximum HP Issue 4. Um, Maximum HP has been like an OSR zine that has been being cranked out on Kickstarter. They did three issues that were OSR related. Issue number four, they are shifting to 5e, and it is all about Undead. Now, I haven't backed any of their previous projects, but um, it's always good when we see somebody coming back for round four on projects like this. You know that you're probably getting something that they know what they're doing. Uh, Maximum HP's little zine uh, offers articles, notes, tips, tricks, traps, and treasures for your gaming table. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's a cool idea. It's just a really simple, like, five and a half by eight and a half scene. Uh, color, cover, black and white interior. Um, I love all of that. And you can get the zine for, like, ten bucks plus five dollar shipping. So, this is, this is a no-brainer. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, in the future, which you should be, um, the Kickstarter is live until October 31st. So you should definitely check out Maximum HP. That's awesome. I'm looking at it now. It looks really good. Yeah. Art's cool. We always talk about that. Um, honestly, I'd probably not going to promote a product that doesn't have killer looking art at this point. Um, but this one does. All right, uh, so that's project number one. Uh, Troy, you also have a Kickstarter, kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of scale. Uh, yes. Um, 
our friends from Jetpack Seven, yes, uh, are uh, are doing a Kickstarter for Black Storm Realms, a fifth edition setting. Uh, for those of you out there that are kind of wanting that that spell jammer fix, this is kind of uh, their answer to that. Mm. Um, there are, and they detail uh, several of their own worlds. They they have uh, th- their own mythology as to how they travel from from world to world, um, realm to realm, as they as they uh, refer to it. Um, and they have it open so that you can you can plug and play this this setting in, in, in the system into already existing D and D worlds like forgotten realms or, or Eberron, uh, wild Mount. You could, you could, uh, your own homebrew. If you, if you want your, uh, players to, to jump from your own homebrew created world and, and, and maybe visit Orith of, of the Greyhawk setting, maybe, or even, uh, if they're suicidal, jump into uh, Dark Sun <laughs> and uh, and check it out. But I mean, they the from what I've what I've read of this, and I've I've already backed it. I follow uh, uh, the uh, the tabletop engineer uh, on YouTube, and uh, he is one of the writers on this, um, James Kelly, uh, and that's how I found out about it. The art is fantastic looking um you, you got the, the three new worlds you've got this uh uh these things that you can give to your characters called uh apparatum so i'm i'm guessing you know like some some sort of technology um a c- complete mechanics for uh, moving between realms and uh there's a, a galaxy spanning cons- conspiracy uh so you've got you've got all you really need for this kind of thing, and I'll tell you what the the I was going to back it regardless because of because of uh, James Floyd Kelly, but when I saw the picture of the celestial Leviathan, yep, I I did the I did the uh, the meme, you know, take my money, yeah. <laughs> um. And I'm not even going to describe it to any of y'all because I want you to go check it out for yourselves and you get sucked in too. But uh, yeah, Jetpack 7, uh, it looks fantastic. And they got some awesome uh, contributors yeah. on their creative team. Uh, uh, Nerd Immersion, if you if you uh, check out that YouTube channel, um, Ted from there is is one of the, the contributors and, and quality control consultant on this thing. Um, Celeste Conowich, who uh, features heavily in uh, in Wizards of the Coast products, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, um, and many many other things that she is a part of. I'm not even going to try to list any of them because we'll be here all night and not get to our topic. But yes, fantastic looking stuff. Um, check it out. If you missed our interview with Jetpack Seven, you can with Reese. Uh, you can roll back that the thing that could put it in a capsule they are a company who does work for wizards of the coast artwork for wizards of the coast for a number of years 
and they're putting out their own third party stuff now. So you're when you go to this Kickstarter, you're going to say this looks real. Like this looks like the same art style, the same everything as uh, official Wizards product. There's a reason behind, there's a reason and that's that it's the same artist. Um, and yeah, they picked up a whole bunch of writers that are tied to AL and and official products there too. So it's nearly it's, I feel like it's going to be as nearly official as you can get from a design standpoint. Um so, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Blackstorm Realms. Blackstorm Realms. All right, John, you you have you're I want to just uh you're going to be our Hasbro news uh correspondent, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, I, let's start with let's start with Mattel actually. So, oh, I think yeah. it'll be a good lead-in. Uh, Mattel is jumping into the uh into the realm the space of tabletop RPGs. This is kind of old news. Legends of Grayskull is an mm-hmm. RPG uh, tabletop RPG that's coming out using the Cortex Prime system. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with it, it's uh, the the same the owners of D and D Beyond fandom. It's their their core system that they're using, and so uh, Mattel's going to piggyback off of that and create a, a castle a, a a Masters of the Universe role playing game. So uh, they've they've already indicated kind of like the, the classics of the magic meets technology and that weird hybrid that we saw when we were kids back in the eighties. You're going to see some more of that at the at the table, so that's pretty exciting. And but like again, that's that's relatively old news. But what I just heard about um, that, by the way, Legends of Grayskull is confirmed for 2021 release. Some additional 2021 properties from the the glory days of of the 80s. Uh, Renegade Game Studios is uh, is working with Hasbro. They've already announced a Power Rangers tabletop role playing game. For, for the 90s kids, uh, but for us, of us older, old dudes and dudettes uh, from the 80s, you've got, they've confirmed uh, to on an interview with Forbes that uh, they're going to release G.I. Joe, oh, My Little oh, Pony, oh. and Transformers. And they're all using the 5E rule set. Yes. Uh, I, cu- I couldn't be more pleased or excited with it uh, to their, like you know, in the interview, uh, Scott Gata is the, the guy from, uh, from Renegade game studios that they interviewed. They, they mentioned that the part of the strategy was that if they were going to release a GI Joe, uh, RPG, they wanted to use language that was common. And five E is the common t- tabletop RPG language this day. It's essentially, it's the, 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 the thing that binds us all together at this point. Let me ask you this, John. If yeah. if you were in charge, would you just do a starter box for all three of these? Oh, of course. That would yeah. just be the way to do this, right? Is just I, I think so box too. set for each one. Yeah, I mean, like the the, the box set seems like the uh, the way to go. You know, the the price point is low. That's a, and it's a it, it reduces a barrier to entry. You give enough of a breadcrumb trail to lead them to the core product. I mean, it it really has. I, in my opinion, anyway, it's it's worked with with D and D, and it's uh, it is a. Um, it is a tip my hat to the the folks at Wizards of the Coast of like creating good starter sets that that really uh, that display the 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 pros uh, of their system, and so I think that I mean you're going to get people in the door with the brand, right? People are going to want to play G, as GI Joe characters or Transformers or My Little Pony or whatever, right? But they're going to stay for a compelling system that works in in the the franchise or in that in that brand and uh-huh. some of their, if not their favorite characters how do you build your own autobot how do you create your own your own don't Joe? Hit me frodo yeah <laughs> right well uh, and, the, and the cool thing about this is uh i was into gi joe back when they were 12 inches tall oh yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, so I am I am a Joe fan going way back. Your your Joe cred runs deep, buddy. My Joe cred runs deep. As a matter of fact, I have the complete run of comic books that they released that Marvel released at the same time the the smaller action figures debuted. Nice. So I so yeah, and and they actually used to cross over with Transformers. So okay, so your your flex is strong when it comes to uh, when it comes to Jojo. How about this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal something to the world uh, that I haven't mentioned probably in like ten years. Did John's a fan I, of Dragonlance? What? Well, no, <clears throat> that is I. That's on my that's like on my shirt. Like everywhere that I go, I've got a I've like a twelve inch wide pin that says Will Dragonlance for food. You know? Yeah, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, he has he has uh, the jean jacket he used to wear. <laughs> In middle school, with just nothing but Dragonlance pins, if, all if over. Race, Raceland is embroidered on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that. I was probably that kid. No, uh, my GI Joe cred goes back to uh, I was I was and still remain still remain uh, call out to the twenty first Infantry, which was the GI Joe costuming group uh, that we we all dressed up as blue suit troopers from uh, balaclava wearing uh, blue suit troopers still yes. have my costume it's collecting dust cobra That's... cobra uh nice. and so uh so shout out to all of my my 21st infantry that family by the way yeah. that's we still, that's we fantastic yeah we were, the, we were the hooligans of we were the hooligans of, of dragon con nothing but shenanigans and trouble as, <laughs> as befitting our uh, our place why does that not surprise me i have yes. been waiting for this piece of news <laughs> Forever, I have always, always, always wanted a GI Joe role playing game. Yeah, I'll and be there honest. Was, there, there's one, that, a similar one that came out not too long ago. And I believe it's, f- I could be completely off base. Uh, Freedom Force, maybe. It's it's very much in that vein. Um, they the artwork is similar to the the comics and the cartoon from GI Joe, and it had that whole from around the world and and your specialties and things like that. Um, but now, finally, the real deal. We need to have like a segment that is that's dedicated, like a smaller segment, not now, but later segment that's dedicated whenever it comes out to what your Joe name is going to end up being, uh, like your, yes. what your call sign is. Yes, so I, I think I, I might end up stealing. I might steal Abed's call sign from Community and be Fourth Wall. That'd be awesome. Fourth Wall. I yeah. I predict right now that. Uh, People that get ready to play uh, the GI Joe role play game, your tables, half the tables that are going to play this are going to devolve into fist fights over who gets to be Snake Eyes. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yep. So okay, so uh, we could talk about GI Joe a long time. Um, I also grew up with GI Joe, uh, the mini ones and the and the TV series. But um, let's talk about something else real quick. I. I I'm just realizing it's sitting here on the desk. We talked about the uh, Neverland 5e setting book that was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pre-orders were released. I got mine in today. It's gorgeous. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Look up uh, the Neverland 5e setting. It's great. It's unlike any D&D product you're going to have on your shelf. Yeah, and it's a lot of book for 25 bucks on Amazon, yep. too, yep. by the way. Yeah, exactly. So we don't have to go into it any more than that. We've talked about it before, but it's it's in. It's It lived up to the hype. It's a good book. I'm going to happy happily have it on my shelf. Okay. Fellas, let's do this nerdy 
talk where we're going to all so kind of reveal our own corner of nerddom. Um, talk nerdy to me. Yeah. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something. Like, ever since we started this podcast, and I've been getting, given a hard time about my love for Dragonlance, <laughs> I'm going to let every, like, Tourette's thing that I've been holding in for the last eight months, six to eight months, it's all coming out now. So just brace yourselves for a deluge of dragon yeah. and speak. So make, I don't... make sure you watch the timestamp at the bottom so you can just skip over. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that in the yeah. show notes. Put that in yeah, show exactly. Notes. Like I'll mark I'll mark the timestamps where, where John starts talking about Dragonlands and you can just know to skip ahead twenty minutes each time right. and you'll be about right. Insert um, insert Troy groan here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so I don't want to step on John's toes, so I'm going to turn it over to him now. John had this idea for this topic, and we, yeah. we got on a call just to chat, and immediately we started talking about this topic, and we said, let's just turn the mics on and and do this for real. So, yeah. John, what are we going to be talking about tonight? Oh, man. So I've got, I finally got my hands on Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, and I was telling the guys the, the last time that I'd read a module cover to cover before I actually even started playing was curse of Strahd and the excitement of going back and, and rereading some of the stuff that was already there was great. It was just so well-written. It was like reading a novel right from, from cover to cover. So uh, I'm, I'm finding the same vibe with rhyme of the frost made. And I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm about halfway through it at this point, but uh, within the first 10 pages, I already had an idea. I was like, I am not going to place this in Forgotten Realms. I already I made the de- the decision up. So that's kind of the the genesis of this topic is if you were to put Rime of the Frost Maiden into another campaign setting or another world, what would it be? And so I'll kind of since I I kind of brought everybody to the I'm the founder of the feast this time around. I'll uh, I'll I'll nerd out first. So Troy, you can go ahead and, you can go ahead and take a nap uh, for a little bit. <laughs> And I'll, I'll kind of go ahead. So, okay, it's going to be a pretty obvious, folks. It's going into Dragonlance. So, uh, my, shocker, my pl- shocker. So, if my and by the way, l- let me do this really quick too. Uh, let me preface it by saying we're not going to put any heavy. It's not a spoiler heavy, but there are some light spoilers that are in there. You're probably not going to hear anything more than what has already been released on in, during D and D Live or D and D Celebration. Uh, we'll try to keep it. Um, relatively ambiguous for your players if a player is listening uh but we're going to try to give seed out some information to the, the, the dms out there uh to to kind of give them ideas right just directions that they're going to go i'll be honest too that i've got a lot of ideas that are running through my head i'm still formulating a lot of them now so if my players are listening just know that i'm going to shift gears on you hard if you listen to this don't don't be surprised if something comes up and you're su- surprised anyway so, <laughs> TPK. Uh, so yeah tpk uh so dragonlance right um, geographically, it's it's easy in Dragonlance. You go to the south, you got Ice Reach. That is the coldest spot in Ancelon, which is the primary continent where Dragonlance takes takes uh, the the story of the War of the Lance and the Legend series takes place. Now there's there's another continent on this other side. We're not going to go into in this podcast, but that's essentially where what I end up putting it. Um, Ice Wall and uh, the Ice Wall Glacier, or Ice Reaches, it's also referred to. That's where uh, another spoiler alert for uh, a 35 plus year old book, by the way, for Dragons of Winter Night, <laughs> and for a more recent book, Dragons of High Lord Skies, is that where Sturm and Lorana and company with the three uh, 
I have a pet name for them, but Derek Crownguard and his other his buddies from the the Knighthood, they went down and they recovered uh, an artifact called the Dragon Orb, right? And they and they also they got a Dragon Lance while they were at it. And so in the original book in uh, the Dragons of Summer, of Winter Night, they don't go into a lot of detail about what happened. So they did an in between book years and years later that went into more of the detail about it. So uh, the geographic location of where I would end up putting uh, putting this is there. Now, the only problem with that is that you, it's not really fleshed out. There's not a, there's not a ton of information out there about the different locations. There are some maps that you can kind of go off of where Cormesh, Fulton, Halleck, a couple of, you know, names that there's really not a whole lot of lore to go with. And if it is, it's probably in some book that's of the hundred or so Dragonlance novels that came out outside of the core stuff it's just a lot of de- detail that you're going to have to go and, and look up if you want it to make it as legit as possible. So I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm just going to plug in the Ten Towns uh, into Icewall Glacier wherever I feel like, probably to the, the west or to the east of, uh, of Icewall Castle. And Aurel, as we all know, the, the Frost Maiden, is the primary antagonist in the book. In the, uh, in the book. And so... Um, thought about this and at first flush uh felthos is the the one that uh, that seems like the most likely candidate and for those as the replacement and so for those that haven't read the books felthos is the, a dark elf not a drow but essentially like in in dragonlance they don't have drow they've got dark elves but dark elves are just bad elves that have been <laughs> banished and kicked out of elven society right and so felthos would be my my foil that is he wants to you know, create a, a land of perpetual night and ice in order to drive people out and and back to to the north because you're starting to see refugees come come south, right? And so, from a time frame perspective, I mean, I'm I love the War of the Lance and I love the Legend series, so I think I'm going to plant it in the war the, during the War of the Lance. And so, the character hooks for my characters will be that there'll be refugees that are trying to escape from the north, uh, some of the the war that's from the north, but unfortunately. They are crushed between the the hammer and the anvil whenever they try to go south. So, because they they tried to escape one evil, and they got something else instead. So, one of the things in Dragonlance that they really haven't touched on a lot um, is kind of like the survival horror aspect of fantasy. So, I'm really really looking forward to that in this to getting into the the nitty gritty of a barren wasteland, a barren icy wasteland. And uh, the the master of that domain is this uh, is one of the dragon high lords actually, and so mm-hmm. um, anyway, so not that like I can go on by myself <laughs> and talk forever. <clears throat> but I've got other uh, stuff that I can bring up too. But what do you guys think so far? Does that does that fit? I know that we don't have like super dragon lance nerds here, but you're gonna be you're, yeah. you're gonna be the boss as far as that goes. Um, I think honestly, like this is what you want though. Like I think if if I'm gonna make a comment it's going to be like if you're going to move it into another setting like i want somebody um, a master at the at the helm of that setting Mm. that can find all the little details to make it feel like a natural fit Mm. um to where you know you said oh we'll just drop in 10 towns the reality is that the only reason you said that in my it would be my guess is that you know that it can how to how it fits right, there right 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 there's plenty of space where there's plenty of 
undetermined unnamed towns in that region that you could probably just say, yeah, it's in towns. Um, to me, to me, um, I, I, I think that that's a cool thing. I, I think that using an elf instead of a deity, I don't know a whole lot about Dragonlance, but I think that that would be the big mark there is that at least initially this idea of they have the whole of the region in perpetual darkness, um, perpetual night. Is that, mm -hmm. you know, my question would be, is that going to seem feasible to the players that an elf was doing that? Yeah, that's and that's a really great question because one of the things about Dragonlance, if they ever do it in fifth, if they if they migrate Dragonlance to fifth edition, I'll really be interested to see what that looks like because in in Dragonlance, one of the things is they essentially have a, had a cap on levels. If you were a wizard that hit level twenty, you're pretty much taken out of the game. Uh, Raceland was an exception because he was the master of past and present, and because of plot, right? Because of plot device is the mm -hmm. only reason why he didn't. So the the power scale doesn't go up dramatically high like that. Having a sixteenth, the equivalent of a sixteenth level person anywhere on the continent of Ancelon was pretty much unheard of. And so I went originally. I looked at the gods, right? Because it's War of the Lands, the gods are making a comeback, so maybe one of them fit. But I looked through them, and none of them really made sense. They're yeah. not really icy. There's like Chemosh, who is the god of death, and you've got a god of decay, and you got Zeboim, who is like the goddess of the sea, and all this other stuff. So none of that really made sense. But the head honcho in the south, across Ice Reach, is Faelthas, who's the Stark Elf. He him he himself may be an incredibly powerful wizard or mage, right? But the artifact that he has is what makes him uh, okay. a threat. Right? So, the yeah, so the artifact that he has in tow is the dragon orb. Now there may and I may have to take some dragon some artistic license. So if there are any Dragonlance nerds out there, please save your hate for any of my my. Uh, I don't see how Peter, any Dragonlance fan could listen to you nerd out about Dragonlance and be like. Man, screw this guy by the end of it. Like, like screw you, hippie. Yeah. I don't this, know, man. This guy Ooh. takes things and, you know, wants to f shove Dragonlance and everything. I can't stand it. No, no. Nobody's saying that. Like, I'm, um, try I'm trying to give them love here, man. Yeah, so you're yeah. going to have to give me some yeah. give me some, some, some shelter. Give me, give me a, little, a break here. But yeah, I mean, like, I, there's kind of like the Peter Jackson thing, right? you got to somehow fit th three, uh, like, a, a book into a movie. Like oh. squeeze it in there, so there are some changes you're gonna have to make. I That's I'm, my I'm, fear for your oh players gosh. is that they are they don't understand <laughs> that they're not really playing Ryan with Frost Maiden. They're playing John gets to talk about Dragonlance. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, the disclaimer has already been put to my players on my Discord. Channel. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Sir. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. That. No, but it's I, I think that my the challenge for me is to your point, Zach, is not. And I, I'm interested to see the other two or three that you guys have got, right? Because what is really going to be important is what's the difference in playing it in, in Dragonlance versus playing it in, in Forgotten Realms, right? It has to have some element other than, oh, there are three moons in the sky or only, only two that we can see. You have to have more to it. So I'm going to probably incorporate things like the Walrus Men, the Thanoi will be in there. Uh, draconians are going to have to be in there in some regard. Because you know, uh, the... The uh, walrus men really could change the aspect of Mother Tusk if you orchestrated that. Oh, absolutely. I thought about that too. Yeah. So and there if, are things if, that I'm going to have to bring If y'all haven't met Mother Tusk yet. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, she's great. And I've got a really good. I like. I'm. I'm not to like slap my own back, but I. I love the mother tusk, slobbery voice. I love using that. So, <laughs> I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to bring that in, uh, in spades. So like th- that's the thing, right? Is you, it can't just be oh it's it's D and D on ice and you can just plug it into any D and D any D and D frozen area, yeah. right? I can't look to your point, Zach. I oversimplify by saying, oh, I'll just plug the 10 towns in here. I'll use all the same names. Ah, it's not a big deal. It has, to, I have to put, I'll put them in, in the best place that I possibly can, the things that make the most sense. Uh, but then make sure that it has to feel like, like yep. Dragonlance. Yep. And you, yep. Now you're talking about the core of like what makes Dragonlance Dragonlance. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so interesting. Besides the, besides the races uh, and stuff like that, there'll be a lot of like, uh, animosity towards the players if they're not human and if they're in human lands and things like that, which those are sensitive topics for, for tables now more than, more than ever, but they're important to me at the, at the table, uh, to covering those topics and that, that RP is important, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I love so much about Dragonlance is the, the, of the overcoming of the obstacles of xenophobia and tribalism, nationalism, uh, you know, race centric type stuff and learning how to coexist and fight the greater evil together and then learning to, to care about and love one another is really important. So that's to me like the hallmarks of Dragonlance that I'm going to try to bring. That's the f- part of the flavor that I want to make sure that I bring into it also. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So enough of Dragonlance. Yeah. I have, I told you guys it was going to happen. Man. This is a nerdy, like... listen, it's going to happen two more times, people. <laughs> so settle in because right. it... John got to talk about Dragonlance and Troy and I are going to yeah. get to talk about other things. So, and I, I like, I want like the world needs to know that I held back yes. so much. I like, I yes, he like, did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. But I'm spent and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off at this point. I, I think, uh, so Zach, you had a really, really interesting one that that yes. I would like to hear how you've fleshed out because when we first kind of started talking about this, it was still just like germinating that yeah. seed of, of how you would do it. It's there you, now. Yeah, I, yeah. Like tell tell me a little bit about it. Tell the tell the folks out there which one you chose. Yeah. So so like we were talking about different settings and and um the one that kind of came to mind as the challenge is Middle Earth. How do we put mm. this icy horror story in Middle Earth in a way that makes sense? Um, and that's that's a challenge. But I think I've got it. I think I've got it, and I I like what I've got. Um. So so we have a frozen North in Middle Earth as well. If, if for people who maybe just watched the Lord of the Rings or something like that, um, think about Bree, and then just go straight north. And there's a lot of men up there, and there's a uh, there's a uh, location called the Ice Bay of Forachel, um, and it's basically a tundra, just like um, just like the area of Ten Towns. You can drop Ten Towns up there, no problem. Um, I think it would work really well as far as that goes. The questions of Middle Earth are: who, How do you shift all of the key players? Because Middle Earth doesn't have the variety of a lot of these other settings, you you're working with far less creatures, and if you start like shoehorning in more creatures, it starts to feel less like Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was that's the big question. Um, so I, I have I have like four notes here, four or five notes um, of how, what I would shift. 
Durgar right out the gate. They play heavily in the early stages. Uh, Durgar, um, uh, without spoiling much, they are coming up to the surface because they think they're doing the will of their deity, but maybe they're not. In this, it's going to be the Dwarves of the Iron Hills are expanding outward, trying to reacquire territory, and um, they think they're doing the will of their god, Eule, um, who is kind of like the creator god. The god of creation, we'll call it kind of sort of... Um, Forge deity, basically. The interesting thing, though, is that Sauron was like a demigod under Eule originally. Like mm-hmm. he's he is not the closest thing to a child of Eule to some extent. Um, and actually, when he presented himself first in Middle Earth, he his name that he went by was Eulendil, which right. is yep. basically just like the 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 like little Fall. creator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that the dwarves of the Iron Hills think that they are um, following Eule, but really they're following Eolindil. Um And so I think that's how you get around that, these corrupted dwarves. Uh, the Netheries Dimilich, um, just straight to the east, we have the abandoned fortress of Angmar. And we just drop it right in there. So we have the Witch King's uh, abandoned place, and you can use that as the necropolis. And I think that would work really, really well. I think that is the easiest, smoothest fit. Um, and both of these things so far are mentioned in the movies. So this should be really relatable to your characters and to your players. Um, the only other thing that I think really has to play in is uh, Aril, the deity. And how do we fix that? How do we shift that around? Because if we're going to do this in the Third Age, which I think you have to do, it can't be a god. Um, Because that's kind of, again, is outside the flavor of of Middle-earth. And I also don't want it to be, based on the idea of this individual. I don't want it to be a key player already, so I don't want it to be the Witch King or so-and-so, or Dragon or whatever. Um, But I want it to be somebody that has that power level. So who I came up with is the daughter of Gladriel and the wife of Elrond. Uh, Her name is Celebrian. She's so like Arwen's mom. And she has a really interesting story. Um, Celebrian, um, sometime, quite some time ago, hundreds of years ago, uh, on her way to visit her family in Lothlorien, was captured by orcs and was held captive for like a year and given a poisoned wound and basically was tormented for that time. And her, her children and Elrond managed to find her and rescue her eventually and 
heal her, but her mind was never fully restored. She's kind of a broken individual from that experience. And last we know of her, she was sailing to the Undying Lands. She left early, and that's why we don't see her in Lord of the Rings. She's already gone. She couldn't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that it would be interesting if she came back and wanted to... Um, she's a very, very powerful elf, and I think I wonder if she wants to be around her family, but she doesn't want, she doesn't trust anyone else. Elves are already isolating themselves. You have Rivendell, you have Lothlorien. She is determined that there will now be at Mirkwood, you, there will now be a fourth elven conclave in the north in Ice Bay, hmm. and she is clearing it out for herself. And she imagines her kin. And so I think Celebrian would be the the player up there. So when you're talking about the gods, you're really talking about like the Valar and the Maiar? Yeah. I, I mean, there shouldn't – like you could have a Maiar, I guess, here, but I, I – That's kind of what I was going to get at is like cause that's essentially what the, the wizards are. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the, the Astari. Yeah. I, but I don't think that in the Third Age there's – other than the wizards that we know about, mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of Valar-Maiar interaction in the world. Mm. Well, then uh, you could always go with like an Ungoliant type vibe, right? This this ancient evil that's yeah. been asleep, right? That's made Balrogs hiding in Moria. And... Now, look, I'm not going to disagree yeah. that I'm trying to think of like power scale. Mm -hmm. Elves are the way to go. Because if you if you go like Fingolfin and Finarfin, yeah. like yeah. when you've got somebody that can go up to the gates of Angband, beat on the door and tell Melkor to come outside and take the, the ass yeah. weapon that he has coming – yeah. And then, then a, a host of Balrogs come out, and he beats the crap out of all of them, and it takes Gothmog, the king of the, the Balrogs, yep. to finally, to finally uh, to be a challenge. Yeah. Or, there's no argument that elves can easily, yeah. they can take the power structure, right? Yeah, and I, in my mind, at least, I, I would like to think that if you're going to have the darkness of the Witch King and Sauron kind of interacting with things, mm -hmm. I don't want to have too many like starkly evil character villains in this so having an elf that's like a broken individual that's oh, okay. kind of misled gives us a different type of villain for part of it oh, the, the sympathetic villain that's yeah. actually not a bad twist mm -hmm. so then would you like Ariel? i haven't gotten to the point yet where like Ariel, like what level of interaction you can have with with the frost maiden if it's like you can have can you have a dialogue and can you rp with them or is it you know uh, exclamation point uh, dashes above their head and it's fight time, right? So yeah. how much how much RP would you have? That's actually not a bad thing if they could uncover details of first of all they don't know who they are, right? They don't know they don't know what the evil is, where they came from, and that would be a pretty big that's a good like uh what is it M Night Shyamalan a good twist where you know you could have it's it's Elrond and it's like the the love child of the elves. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right, is like, again, I think that if you're going to play a Middle-Earth game, you want to have all these little nods to the the franchise that you know. If the mm. only nods that we're getting are things that you would have had to look in the appendices or in the Silmarillion to find, we're not really doing a service for majority yeah. of players, and really not yeah. even for ourselves. Yeah. Um, we want something that has the callbacks to the things that we know, and there is a nostalgia factor. Um, it's just like Star Wars. Like, Why do we go to Tatooine every single game? Um, because that's we want to go explore and remember the things that we love. And I think the same thing is true here. So if you're playing an elf in this world, you're going to have all these interactions to Elrond and, 
and Gladriel, because this is Gladriel's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Arwen, you're going to have a connection to all of those. If you're playing a dwarf, man, the idea that like your kin are corrupted, the incorruptible dwarves of Middle Earth, the ones that are mm-hmm. most resistant to corruption. Well, yeah, I mean, you took like I, that's one of the things I loved about them is that, and what made me fall in love with dwarves is whenever all the rings went out. The elves were corrupted. The men were corrupted. The worst. The dwarves. They just got greedier. Yeah. They they started digging deeper, but they were not. They were they were in like fully incorruptible. Yeah. So, and I think the only way that we can corrupt them is by misleading them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think if you're playing a dwarf and you're like, oh, the ones from the Iron Hills, the ones that come and help um, uh, Thorin at the end, like yeah. that's that's a big moment that like, oh, some of them are corrupted. Um, there are so many little pieces like that that I think you'll you'll see nods to in this sort of thing that it could be really fun and it's removed enough from things that all the rest of the stuff that's happening in the third age can still be happening and -hmm. this is just the thing that's happening in the north right it's in it's you when you mentioned kind of like making sure that you were able to tap into things that they were familiar with um Putting Rime of the Frost Maiden into Ice Reach for Dragonlance, one of the intentions was that if Failthos is the, the the main foil, if he's the bad guy, Sturm and Lorana are out there somewhere, and these are actual characters that you could interact with at some point. And so that's yeah. an opportunity. That's like to your point with Star Wars, showing up in the most nicely Cantina and seeing Greedo get shot by Han. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like just being like a, a not necessarily going to take a, like a front stage part of it or maybe who knows right yeah. I'm, I'm not going to take the agency out of my character's hands and say no nope, we're going to do a cut scene and you guys can't interact yeah but at the very least they're able to see part of that history of the of the world unfold that's that'd be really cool yeah so so the only other thing that i think has to be addressed here and you brought it up in our conversation beforehand and then i'm done at that point i feel like i've covered everything um <laughs> I thought I you was talked bad. about the horror aspect being put into middle earth yeah yeah um and i thought Thinking about that somewhat, um, I think I have my answer, and I think that's that. I think that horror is acceptable in Middle Earth as long as the heroes are true and heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like Middle Earth is allowed to go dark, but what is not allowed to happen, in my opinion, in the like the the fantasy of Middle Earth as the story of it, as Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, is that the heroes. The darker things get, the more they find the light within themselves. Right. Yeah. So, so what you would really want to do is make sure during your session zero, character creation, whatnot, that the characters are making good, um, righteous heroes. Um, you know, or, or you know, they don't all have to be Aragorns and Legolases. There can be some Pippins and Marys in there, but there's all these people in this that are. Well, even if they have like a, even if they have somebody that's not righteous at the beginning, you still have a Faramir in there, you know, the the guy that's like hedging and either racing from good, doesn't want to be good and is pushed into it until they see the horror in front of them and it changes them. So you're like, maybe it's, you want to make sure you have characters that are malleable enough in regards to like an arc that they could become good, right? Yeah, I you know I think that it just really need you you need to have mindset of like Middle Earth is not scummy. Um, it's not dirty in that sense. Like, right. like if you think about the people like Boromir or Faramir, like there's a sense of nobility to them, even in mm-hmm. their 
misled or or <clears throat> even corrupted corrupted even state there's a nobility still yes you. exactly and i think that that's the thing that we've got to make sure that we carry over but i think i think it's easily enough done um but there's that theme that runs through of of the light shining out all the clearer right mm-hmm. um that we've got to make sure is underscored in this uh, lord of the rings middle earth has a something to say about good triumphing over evil right well if you want to talk about the horror aspect of it as you're sitting here talking about it, i was sitting here thinking well the ring wraith ring wraiths are like, oh, that's yeah. horror yeah right yeah like like uh or uh, pretty much anything on the across the wall uh with mordor yeah anything in mordor is mirkwood horrific. is mirkwood, largely yeah. horror you know there's there's yeah. there's definitely areas of that um um moria is horror in right you know, oh, yeah. at this point and, and tragedy yeah right horrific yeah. tragedy yeah. yeah so anyhow i think that it, it, think and it is- isolationist tragedy as well yes exactly yes. isolationist horror yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're stuck in there by yourself. and for anybody that actually read the hobbit it's doubly terrible whenever you find out that uh was it dwallin that dwallin died balance uh balance sorry yeah balance balance tomb and yeah, that balan died well, Dwalin yeah. was there with him, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think he's yeah. the record keeper that they read the book of, maybe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, I, I thought about this enough now that I'm like, yeah, I could do this, and that would actually be a lot of fun, and maybe I'll do it. Yeah, I so. like that. That's really cool. <laughs> All right, Troy. I, I, All right. Just quit smacking your lips over there, man. I know you got something good for me. Let's, let's hear what you got. Well, as it's no surprise that you set yours in – Dragonlance, it's probably not a surprise that I would probably go for Eberron. Uh, now, there's two possibilities as far as Eberron goes. The, the two obvious ones, uh, Everice and uh, Frostfell. Um, looking looking at, uh, looking at the, the lore of, of Eberron or whatnot, at first, I would say Frostfell. Um, there are uh, races and cultures uh, up around that uh, continent, and it, it's just it's north of Corvair, um, which is the main continent that everything happens in uh, in Eberron. Um, but there's actually no no known settlements. I say known because you know, spoiler alert for those people that want to play Eberron. Uh, there's no actual settlements like ten towns, so. On the one hand, you could say, well, it's easy. Just right there they are. Um, but I would almost say, you know, as as easy as that would be, um, the nice thing is you've got Frostfell, where you've got, and right there is the Wayfinder's Tundra, which uh, was kind of like the launching point for several uh, expeditions. Um, there's also the, the Ice White Island that's right below it. So you could separate the ten towns, have some on the Ice White Island, some on the Wayfinder's Tundra, and you could then add the the dangers of of traveling over frozen waters. You know, mm. have to have icebreaker ships and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure this is no spoiler alert for those that have played in any of the adventures so far for Adventures League. Um, traveling is not easy 
in uh, Rime of the Frost Maiden. And oddly enough, avalanches happen all the time. Right. <laughs> so this would be a way to not have to deal with those those annoying avalanches every other day, sometimes twice a day, depending. Um, now you've got uh, frozen waters to, to chop through and, and things like that. So you're going to, the travel between the 10 towns, you're going to be able to uh, change it up a little bit. Um, you can change the, uh, the dependence on the knucklehead trout to something more ocean-based um, as far as uh, food sources and, and things like that. So you can get it into a little bit more of the, uh, the aquatic life and things like that. Have them be right there on, on, on the coast of the Wayfinder's Tundra. Um, knucklehead shark. Knucklehead shark. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> now I, now I, now I have pictured in my head that one shark meme where it's got the big teeth sticking out there. <laughs> yeah. That's the knucklehead shark. Um, as far as as far as what is your main main baddie um in the frost fell you could just you know just pick one of one of the gods one of the 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 six and and and, and use that and i say that kind of you know offhandedly because i think i would rather go with everice which is in the south and there's not a whole lot about ever ice and it's actually not a continent it's it's a shifting sheet of ice located south of zendrick um in the ice mossy how can you not put something in the ice mossy that's just cool but i say put it down there because again you could just take it slap it 10 towns all that good stuff you're right there on the water um all that good stuff there's many little islands of ice coming off of of ever ice but instead of having uh, Ariel, you could use the Archfey, known as uh, the Queen of Winter, hmm. and it's almost like a, a direct switchover. And yeah. you've got because that's where that's where she is believed to to have her domain. And there's also around her a domain of, of frost giants that escape the destruction of Zendrick. So you've got that whole kind of icy vibe going on so i would if i was going to put it in eberron i would put it down there that's I interesting think, in in yeah. uh in the ever ice because then you've because then you've got uh you know if you wanted to put it north in Frostfell, and you've got like you were talking about earlier the, the, the durgar you could just have these be uh dwarves uh that are coming out um Doing what not their believed deity is telling them to do, but the uh, the trapped Dalekur underneath uh, in Kyber that have warped them and given them, you know, the, the, uh, they they've they've dug too deep and found the uh, the way of the symbiote, and and so now some of these dwarves are coming out with tentacle arms and things like that, and they're coming up. So you you can. One of the one of the uh, uh, it's it's really late here, so I'm I'm losing words. <laughs> something uh, something that the that they used to to uh, pull from for this module is the movie The Thing, 
John Carpenter's mm. The Thing. Yeah. yeah. So Classic. what's more thingy than having a dwarf coming at you and having a tentacle arm kind of stretching out to grab you and maybe losing a, a, a pseudopod and, and climbing in and, you know, taking you over, that kind of thing. So, I, for yeah. one, think it's a terrible idea that you would do yeah. that to a dwarf. Everyone knows <laughs> that a dwarf would never let that happen to him. Ah, but a dwarf would uh, use his, the, <laughs> the weapons of his enemy uh, against him. Mm, I don't know. Which uh, is, only if it was is... an axe. <laughs> or a hammer. It's a tentacle, tentacle <laughs> arm holding an axe. How's that? <laughs> there you go. So yeah, well, you've got you've got all that. Uh, the 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 flying city. There there were flying cities in uh, Eberron used during right. the last war. Um, Argonth is one of like the only ones that are known to be still around, and is actually uh, appears in the Adventurers League hmm. uh, campaign. So you could have one of these uh, flying flying cities, these war cities. Uh, be the uh, be that in uh, in Eberron for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Now, then I got to thinking, where else would be good? And <laughs> though this is why I was holding up the fourth finger, I was thinking, why not take it to uh, Wild Mount for Critical mm. Role? Yeah, um, you've got. You've got everything you need to to put it right there in uh, in Critical Role. And as a matter of fact, if, for those of you that are uh, keeping current, yep, that's exactly where I would put it up there around Isilcross. The 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 Netherese city could now be Aor. Um, you you've got Pale Bank Village could become one of the ten towns. Scatter the other ten towns through that area up around the graying wildlands and whatnot, having to go across to, to Isilcross to do other things. Um, but who who is it that's behind it all as far as Wildmount goes? I think it is some kind of powerful disciple of Tharizdun, the Chained Oblivion. Because what does... Tharaz didn't want to do. He wants to spread darkness over everything, right? Wants to destroy everything. And that is the main theme happening in Rime of the Frost Maiden. The entire spine of the world area is covered in a never-ending darkness. You never see the sun. It tries to burn through, but it just can't. It's a perpetual twilight or pitch black all the time. So I think that could be a some kind of a scion of of the chained oblivion trying to create this perpetual darkness over the graying wildlands to then release his, his Lord master Tharizdun. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. The, I think, I think, well, you, you have some experience already. Uh, we can talk about that now, but you, yeah, you, you, uh, got to play test some of, of, uh, uh, Rime of the Frost Maiden, and you stuck it in wild in your wild mount. Well, that it was Located. it was kind of it was a little odd because I was play testing both uh, Rime of the Frost Maiden and uh, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, mm-hmm. and I was play testing the Wild Mount first, and I was running an adventure up there 
around Isocross. And then I received my playtest assignment for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden and read a little bit about, oh, this is all about ice and snow and we are in Isocross. This is awesome. So I just kind of combined it all. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I came up with. I did not do the Thars and stuff uh, at that time because I was just I was just trying to get through the playtest to get my uh, my uh, feedback turned back in. But yeah, and it worked out. It worked out pretty good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there you go. Um, anything else, John, that you want to chat about tied to all this? No, I think that really covers it. I mean, again, I think that with all of this, what I want to make sure that I leave the, the dungeon masters out there with is if you go, if you want to go Greyhawk, if you want to go with uh, Ravenloft, you know, Ravenloft, it could be a demiplane. Um, oh yeah. That, that's, that's all that's uh, in its own. Maybe that's where Faelthos from Dragonlance showed up or, or whatever. Or like you could just plop it in and it could, you know, play with its own little walls in it. Right. So I think the really, really the important thing I just, I want to leave them with is, um, wherever you put it, make sure that you stay on theme with the campaign setting that you're in. Uh, so that's going to take some dedication to the lore and, and, and some, also some, I think some flexibility, uh, from both you and from your players, it's a little bit of forgiveness. There's some grace where in order to make some of this stuff fit, it's not going to fit. You may have to chew the corners off of a square peg in order to fit it into the round hole, you know, in a couple of spots. So I'll forgive yourself a little bit, and you don't have to be a super Dragonlance nerd to run something like that. But hopefully we've given you guys at least some ideas for the four that we presented to you. Maybe whet your appetites and your players' appetites, and you know, if you do, I want to know. So yes, uh, you know, cause this is kind of like the 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 uh, the end of the YouTube video where like tell me your comments and like below and subscribe and hit the bell icon. We're gonna do all that kind of stuff, right? I I legitimately want to know. If you're doing this, how are you doing it? If you if you have been doing it, how's it been going? And uh, then I want you to answer for me one more thing that's really important is why aren't you doing it in Dragonlance? That's like the most important. Thing. <laughs> 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 but no, I really I really want to know, and that's I think that's where we'll leave it at. It's like you tell us how are things going, uh, how are your players enjoying it? And you know what, honestly, I, I want to hear about the Forgotten Realm stuff too. But yeah, I, re- yeah. I dig the idea of taking published material and making it fit into your homebrew how is it fitting into your homebrew like let us know if you're on the the forms of media that we've got out the social media that we've got out there so yeah don't be don't be shy i i want to piggyback on that and add or let us know why you think we were wrong for putting it where we put it or how we put it where we put it oh except for the dragonlance nerds man please god help me (laughs) it's just like i know you guys don't pile on john Uh, Heretic heresy. If, if, I, but I have a challenge. If you if you tell us that we're wrong, or you tell us you don't like where we put something, hmm. where would you put it, Heck and yeah. why? Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, this was a fun one. Um, I don't like like I had fun. We'll see. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know what the listen value is to hearing the three people like <laughs> talk about a setting that probably the average listener doesn't know or care about at least two of the three of each one of these. Right? Hey, there's a lot of right people now, out I'm... there that have problems getting to sleep. You know, we're if yeah. we're helping with that. <laughs> we didn't like okay. noise in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this was a lot of fun though. Um, 
good uh, carryover Halloween sort of episode for October, getting to talk about a horror setting a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, that's fun. Uh, I know, I think, I think that we're going to get an episode out of John is going to be running um, uh, Death House and Strahd Must Die Tonight uh, for a group of us over Halloween. And I think we're going to get some topics out of that would be my guess. I really guess. look forward to killing you. I just yeah. want you to know that. I, I look forward to dying. Um, <laughs> good man. Good man. Good yes. response. Yes. Uh, you, you know, you listen, we've had this conversation before. Um, it does not bother me if you kill me. Yeah, and in fact, Zach doesn't mind like hurling himself at the altar of adventure and like, like being dashed upon its stony surface. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, mind yeah, his yeah. character. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. This, this is a little tidbit for people who, hung with us this long so one of my players got uh uh in my in my home game got to be a on a dming panel this week which was kind of fun mm-hmm. and they talked about how being a dm helped them to learn how to be a better player mm. and uh uh, I thought that was going to be really interesting because I, I was going to get to hear how they were a better player. Um, <laughs> no, they're a great player. But um, but one of the things they said was, um, you learn that there's t- to try to avoid the two extremes of players, which is the first one is, uh, you know, I'm going to take an hour to go through a 10 foot hallway. Right. Um and just, you know, super cautious about everything. And then the other thing is, um, I am going to not only jump into that hallway, but take all my armor and clothes off and drop all my weapons outside before I do, and then run headlong into the hallway, daring you to kill me, right? Yep. I was like, I'm not sure that I am quite over that one yet. Like, You won't do it. You won't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I think uh, I think that's maybe still my mantra is let's let's just let's push the envelope and see how far John's willing to take this or whoever. Um, yeah, you really are gonna you're gonna test my nice guy. Uh, like the the whole this whole like me trying to be nice and not kill my players. You're, you're oh yeah, them. like how, how do you be a nice guy playing a, a a thing called Death House? Yeah, it's gonna oh. be great. Uh, I'm it's play- got. I'll have balloons there or something like that. It'll be. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Jeez. Uh, well, hey. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about that later. And there, we That's got a lot right. of other stuff coming up that I'm excited about. A lot of topics that we've been discussing. A lot of plans and ideas in the works. So we'll see what of all of those come to light. Um, but until then. You should check us out on Facebook. Follow us there. You'll get all the little notes when we have games coming up and projects releasing and all sorts of things like that. Check us out on Facebook. You can check us out on Instagram. And tune in next week and I'll see what sort of hijinks we get into. Uh, so with that, my name is Zach. Thanks to Troy. Thanks to John. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Good games, everybody. Dragon Lance is the greatest.